Ashley Brock reading Dolores Fawson's book, Mason, Chapter 18. Abby knew she didn't have much time, probably less than a minute. She'd left the moment Mason ended the call with Boone, and then had sneaked past Rusty, who was standing guard on the side of the ranch house. But it wouldn't be long before Mason or someone else realized she was missing, and they would try and stop her. The night air was chilly, and the wind whipped at her, but she ran through the pasture toward the cemetery, and she tried not to think about how Mason was going to react to her leaving. He wouldn't like it, that's for sure, but there's no way she was going to put Grayson's wife and son at further risk, and the Rylands were too heroic to toss her in the line of fire. That heroism could endanger even the baby far more than necessary. All the danger attacks had been leading up to this, and Abby didn't intend to let anyone else face down a killer who was aiming for her. Well, for starters, if Fort Harrington got his death wish, then all the Rylands' males would soon be in the line of fire, unless she could stop it. This wasn't a suicide mission. That's why she put on the bulletproof vest and had brought a gun with her. She didn't have the aim of a professional hitman, but she had something that a hired gun didn't. The will to end this before Mason or any other member of his family got hurt. That included Boone. Yes, it was a long shot, but if Boone or she could take out the gunman, then this would finally end tonight. And she did have a little time on that front. Ford wanted her to die in front of Boone, and that meant the gunman would wait for Boone to arrive before he started firing. The gunman didn't know that Boone was already there, and unlike her, Boone had a deadly aim. If she could draw out the assassin, then Boone could do the rest. Abby ran faster, but kept glancing over her shoulder. No sign of Mason. Yet, she didn't have a clear view of the ranch road, but she could see headlights. Couldn't see headlights either. Maybe the car that was supposed to whisk her away hadn't arrived yet. When she made it to the back of the pasture, she ducked behind one of the white wooden fence posts. It wasn't wide enough to cover her, but it would have to do. She already had the gun drawn, but she got ready in case she had to take aim quickly. That would be a worst-case scenario and it wouldn't get even the baby out of danger. She tried to pick through the darkness and the dense clumps of trees so she could see the cemetery. Again, the angle was wrong. She couldn't see Eve, the baby, Boone, or any gunman. She spotted one long marble headstone, an eerie sight in the milky moonlight, especially with the wind fanning the veiny tree branches above it. Ford was one sick man who won his death wish carried out here. Abby levered herself up and heard the sound of footsteps, not from the cemetery, but from behind her. Before she could even look over her shoulder, someone grabbed her hard and shoved her to the ground. She turned, ready for a fight, but thanks to the moonlight, she had no trouble seeing her attacker's face. Mason, what the hell do you think you're doing? He snarled. He was whispering, but Abby could feel the anger in every muscle in his body. All there was a... And there was a lot of him to fill because he literally had her pinned in the ground. I'm trying to save even the baby, she fired back. This is not the way to do it. <laughs> Mason didn't look at her. His gaze slashed all around him with good reason. At least one gunman was out there and he might see or hear the commotion. Don't move. He ordered and he looked behind him. Abby did too and spotted several armed men making their way across the pasture. His brothers, no doubt. They were keeping low, but she could make out the silhouettes of their weapons. She put her mouth right next to Mason's ear. If the gunman sees all you, he could hurt Eve. Let me go in there and try to defuse this. You can't defuse it. This is a death trap in Grier. The hired gun doesn't care a thinkable thimble of spit whether Eve and the baby get hurt in the crossfire. Abby wanted to argue. She did. She definitely didn't want to think of a baby in this kind of danger, but Mason was right. Ford had set up the these rules and he wouldn't care who else died oh god what now you're staying put mason insisted as he heard her unspoken 
unspoken question. Cat and Gage will figure out how to disarm the booby traps. That sounded like a good start, but Abby had to shake her head. When the car arrives to pick me up, the driver will tell the gunman I'm not there. He'll be suspicious, and he'll know we're on to him. Then we have to work fast. Mason didn't hesitate, which meant he'd no doubt thought of this. Any idea where Boone is? She shook her head. I can't see Eve or the baby either. The picture of her and the baby was taken by my mother's grave. It's behind those. He pointed toward the thick clump of trees that were out only about twenty yards from the fence. Abby groaned. If they were still there, it would be nearly impossible to sneak up on them, and that was no doubt the killer's intention. Wait here, Mason told her, and that's an order. Move and there'll be hell to pay. Abby didn't doubt that, but she wouldn't stay hidden if there was some way she could help. Of course, the trick would be to figure out how to do that without putting anyone else in even more danger. Mason levered himself off her, but then dropped right back down. Abby followed his gaze and saw the movement to the far right of the clump of the trees. It was a man, and for a moment she thought it was Boone, but it wasn't. It was Ferguson. Of course. So he'd been the one to take Ford up on the offer to kill them. The money alone would have been enticing enough, but this was his chance to kill her and Boone, the man who'd protected her all these years ago. Mason lifted his gun and took aim at Ferguson. He didn't fire, probably because he was waiting for the man to move a little. After all, even the baby were likely just on the other side of those trees. If Mason missed, one of them could be hit. Abby waited, her breath frozen in her throat, her heart slamming against her chest, but Ferguson didn't budge. What's he doing? she mumbled. He wasn't looking out toward the ranch, nor toward the road. He seemed to be focused on the cemetery itself. That's when it hit Abby. It was probably where Boone was hiding out. She watched in horror as Ferguson took aim. She wanted to shout out a warning, but couldn't. She could only watch, wait, and pray that Boone, even the baby, were out of the line of fire. The seconds crawled by, making the wait unbearable. Without warning, Ferguson suddenly dropped to the ground. Abby shook her head, wondering what the heck he'd done that. But she didn't have time to wonder long. A bullet slammed through the air, not toward Ferguson, but at Mason and her. Mason held his breath, waiting for another shot to come, zinging their way, especially because the last one had torn into the fence. This was exactly what Mason had hoped and prayed they could avoid. Gunfire. He tried to crawl over Abby to keep her down, but she maneuvered to the side and took aim. Good grief. The woman was stubborn, but if their situations had been reversed, he sure wouldn't have stayed put either. Too bad Abby was going to have to choke down her instincts and pride because he didn't want her in any more danger. Get down. Mason insisted. Abby did lower herself slightly, and like him, she looked around to pinpoint the origin of that single shot. It had come from the general direction of where he spotted Ferguson. However, Abby's nemesis was nowhere in sight now, probably because he fired that shot and then gotten down. Mason glanced around to make sure everyone was okay. He could see just the outlines of his brothers who were scattered around the pasture. Six guns plus Abby. Mason had wanted more, but he couldn't leave the wives and kids unprotected at the house. That's that's why he asked every available ranch hand to stand guard outside the ranch house. Listen, Abby whispered, her voice trembling now, and Mason knew why. He heard the same sounds she had, the baby, crying. Grace no doubt heard it too, and there was no way he could continue to lie and wait in the pasture with his son's cries filling the night air. No, this could get even more dangerous fast. Abby apparently thought so too, because she shouted out before Mason could stop her. He said you let even the baby go if I came. Well, here I am. Now let them go. Mason braced himself for a shot to come their way, but it didn't come out where I can see you, the person shouted back. Mason recognized the man's voice from the earlier phone call. It was almost certainly Greer. 
You're not going to do this. Mason told her, and he latched onto her arm, just in case she tried. He should have clamped a hand over her mouth. I'll come out there when even the baby are safely away from all this. Abby answered. Silence, but Mason kept watch while he waited for Shire to respond. Where the devil was Ferguson? Was he trying to sneak up on him? Maybe, but it could be worse than that. Mason had no idea how many other gunmen were working with Grier and Ferguson, and here Abby was willing to walk right into the middle of that viper's nest. I'm coming out. Someone else shouted, not Grier this time, baboon. You release even the baby and hold me a gunpoint instead. Abby will do whatever you tell her if you're holding me. Isn't that right, Abby? Stay back, Boone, she yelled, and she no doubt meant it. She was terrified for his life. But Mason saw this from a different point of view, from Ferguson's. If he had Boone, he did indeed control Abby, and it'd be easier to kill them both. All right, Grier answered. Boone, you have a deal. Come out so I can see you and keep your hands in the air. No, Abby shouted, but it was too late. Mason saw Boone step from the clump of trees, not too far from where he spotted Ferguson earlier. Mason couldn't see Grier, but he had no doubt that the assassin had his weapon trained on Boone. They're coming out, Grier announced. What about the baby traps? Grayson yelled. Grier took his time answering. Eve knows where she has to run. Oh, mercy. It was dark and Eve was scared, not the best of conditions for navigating what could be a minefield. Mason held his breath, waited, prayed, hoped that if his prayers failed, his aim wouldn't. Boone moved to his right and eventually out of sight, on Grier's orders probably. Finally, Mason saw something he actually wanted to see, Eve and the baby. His sister-in-law had a crying check clenched to her chest and she ran out from the trees. Grayson got up and raced over the fence toward them. Mason and his brothers responded. Mason and his brother responded, too. They all approached, ready to fire, if anyone took a shot at Grayson. Thank God that didn't happen. Grayson held them over the fence, helped them over the fence, and pulled them down to the ground so he could shield them. The next step would get them completely away from there. Abby, too. But that thought no sooner crossed his mind when there was movement in the trees again. Mason and Steve Boone, and he appeared to be arguing, but he couldn't make out what he was saying. Even the baby should go now. Grier ordered. Grayson lifted his head, looked around, no doubt wondering if it was a trap. Just the two of them, Grier clarified. Not her husband, not Abby, not anyone else. And hey, if I wanted them dead, they would have been out there. They wouldn't have been out there with you. True, but Mason didn't trust Grier or the snake who'd hired him. Go now, Eve, Grayson said. Last chance to get that baby away from here before all hell breaks loose. Grayson gave her a nod, and she started moving. She stayed low, kept the baby close to her. She made her way back to the house. Oh, God, Heavy mumbled just as Boone dived to the side. There was no time to figure out why he did that, because the shot started, and one of them slammed into the fence right next to Abby and Mason. As close as that shot was, Mason still took a moment to glance back to make sure even the baby were out of harm's way. They were. That was something, at least. Now he had to do the same for Abby. By taking out the shooter. Shooters, Mason corrected. There were two sets of shots, and both were coming right at him. Grier and Ferguson, probably. But where was Boone? And was he in a position to help? What happened to your plan of taking me? Abby shouted out over the shots. Stay quiet. Mason wondered so the shooters couldn't pinpoint their position. But he wanted to know the same darn thing. This is the plan, Grier calmly answered. None of them responded. They just waited, but Mason suddenly got a very bad feeling in the pit of his stomach. You'll stand up, 
climb over the fence, come stand by your grandfather's grave. That's where Ford requested that y'all die. Yeah, Ford was a six SOB all right. Any reason we just walked to our slaughter? Mason asked, figuring the answer he was about to hear was obvious. Ferguson and Grier were going to use Boone to lure them out. Not the wisest of plans, especially because all but Abby hated him. Well, maybe not hate, but there was no love lost there. Maybe their attackers were counting on the fact that six lawmen were just going to stand by while Boone was gunned down. You've got no leverage, Boone called out to the gunman. I won't have any of my sons or Abby dying because of me. Oh, it's not you that'll try to save. And Grier let that hang in the air for several bad moments. What do you mean? Grayson finally asked. I mean, your wife is wearing a jacket with an explosive device. She's probably inside the house now with all the others, the wives, the kids, the ranch hands. And even if she's taken off the jacket, the device is still there. Oh, hell. And Mason just kept repeating it. Cross from me or Grayson or something much worse. All of you, stand up now. Grier order. Drop your weapons. Put your hands in the air so I can see them. Start walking towards me. One wrong move, and I detonate the explosive, and everybody in that house dies. Oh, Grier said his toe mocking. You've got 30 seconds. End of chapter 18.